Behind every great beer is an even better story. Welcome to the Beer Healer Interviews. started this podcast, my aim was to tell stories from all different points of view throughout the industry. Whether they be marketers or salespeople or brewers and people that are working in breweries big, small, independent or otherwise, the one thing that unites us all is our love of beer. Why do I make a point of saying this? Well, because I made an error in judgment recently and today I hope to go a small way to righting that wrong by apologising to my guest in advance as well as some of his colleagues that I have had the pleasure to know over the years. I made a comment on my social media page about the awesome way I was treated during a visit at a smaller independent brewery and how I thought that it wasn't a trait that you see in big beer these days. But I have a short memory and for that I'm extremely sorry. You see, my guest tonight is the head brewer of Umundi Brewery, part of the Lion family of breweries and he is always very generous with his time and the beers he shares with me. As far as brewers go, he is right up there at the top of his game and he is a bloody legend. He's worked at iconic breweries such as Forex and the Malt Shuffle and now he is forging a new path in Noosa at the Umundi Brewery where he is resurrecting the Umundi Lager recipe for a new generation of drinkers. So I apologise for my comments and I'd like to welcome to the Beer Healer interviews tonight, Chris Sheehan. Thank you, mate. Thank you. <laughs> There you well, go. Very good, thank you. Mate, that's great to hear. You're, uh, you're living the dream, mate, running a brewery in a tropical location. Doesn't get much better than that, yeah, does it? Yeah, it's a bit difficult when work turns around and said, we need you, need you to move to the Sunshine Coast. Um, so it was like, okay, where do I sign? Get me there quick. So, um, yeah, it could be worse. Um, I landed on my feet. Put it that way. <laughs> and, mate, slowly but surely you've been downsizing the breweries that you've worked in over these years. I think you're now brewing on a 1,200-litre system. Is that yes. right? Has it been your plan all along? Absolutely. Um, oh, I've worked in breweries that have been uh, little six hectares, so 600 litres right up to 1,000 heck. Um, but more, I just was comfortable at that small scale, and so um, I spent some time um, at Napstein in the very early days of that brand when it, when it was booming. That's right. Um, and that was at about 1,600 litres, and I just loved it, and I found my feet there, and um, I just kind of wanted to get out from behind the laptop and brew again and that. And so I'm in a, a really good role at the moment where I, I get to brew um, often, but I also get to manage heaps of brewers as well and heaps of um, really talented brewers, which makes life fun. So I'm a little bit off the grid. So I'm growing all these little little new brands, which is kind of kind of what I really like to do. Oh, so it's nice. So it's not really just about your Monday. There's, there's other stuff going on. No, yeah, exactly, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, I'm on the tours at Yamundi with a guy I used to work with at, um, at Malt Travel, a guy called Alan Tilden. Um, he's been in the game for a while and he's a bit of a gun and we get on like a house on fire. But within Lyon, I look after all the microbreweries in Australia. So by that, it's Byron Bay Brewing, so Alistair Gillespie down there, if you guys know him. Um, Bevy Brewing in Perth, which is set up by Andy Skade, um, and a brewery we're building um, next year in 2019 um, up in Townsville. So I've got oh, those four little ones. Um, but yeah, so it's good fun. So I get to manage them and just work with those guys, and we have heaps of fun. So we're just in these little little breweries, just trying to grow these brands up, and um, which is good. So kind of like little seeds at the moment. But um, we're off the grid in terms of lion. We work for this is a bit confusing for people. We work for a part called Malt Shovel, which is associated with a brewery, but it's not. It's all the small little too hard to do stuff. <laughs> um, so we sit in there. So we've got our own. Yeah, so we've got our own um, standalone sales team, standalone uh, marketers, and and standalone brewers, and we sort of feed into the big system. So um. It's good. It's like you're the best of both worlds. Yeah. 
I do, I do. That's right, I do. And, mate, for all the beer nerds listening, just give us a bit of a description of the actual uh, brewing kit you've got up there at you, Monday. Um, so yeah, a little DME kit, twelve hundred liters, um, seven FEMBs. Um, you can get about eighty kegs out a week if we're depending on mix. So because we're running a lager, it takes a little yep. bit longer. Um, we don't have a pack line, um, and we just use some mobile um, craft canners, so craft punks, based in Brisbane. So look after us. Um, we're in the old Imperial Hotel up there, which is where the original Yumundi Brew was. So there's a bit of yeah, a backstory there. So um, we're a bit sh- yeah, we're a bit shooting off the space. Yeah. So back in the eighties, this is a, a Chuck thing, um, and obviously worked closely yep. with Chuck. Um, in the past, but in 1988, there was a brewery in Yamundi um, set up by a guy called John Lynch, I think, um, and it ran for about four years before it ran into problems. Um, and I think oh, I'd only be sort of ad-libbing here, but um, it was way ahead of its time, uh, ran into financial difficulties, and interestingly, Matilda Bay and Hahn both started around 1988 and ran for about the same amount of time. Matilda, gave, Matilda Bay got picked up by CB, Hahn got picked up by Tui's, and Yamundi actually got bought by Powers. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, so B Powers down on the Gold Coast, um, which is now Yatla, um, the big great northern brewery. Yep. Um, and so uh, we ended up down there, and I think it was coming out of uh, Yamundi Lager, as it was, which was the lead product, was coming out of there until around 2000s. And then Castlemaine actually bought the trademark and the beer, and we're making that a Castlemaine. Oh, right. Um, up for it. Yeah, so it's yeah, kind okay. of ironic. So the brewery lasted four years, and Chuck tells a story that back in 1988, there was only 20 or 20, 30 odd breweries in Australia. So, um, We've kind of gone back and put a brewery back in there up here on the Sunshine Coast, joining a, a band of 15 other little breweries up here, which is um, good fun. No, that's fantastic. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Everybody that's worked with Chuck can always do an impression of him. Have you got one? Oh, I've got many, but um, the one I use quite often is just um, his, oh, 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 when he challenges you with something. So he's um, <laughs> always got an opinion on everything and um, – as you'd expect. Um, I think he's 73 now, and, um, yeah, so he challenges a lot. But, uh, yeah, so I've got lots more, but I have to have a couple more beers to um, no, yeah, do the fair rest enough. No, he's a, he's a great man. He's given a lot to the uh, brewing industry, hasn't he? Yeah, he has, and he's still he's still going hard too. Yeah, 73 and still um, working full-time and on his own little project stuff. So he, he was the one that set up this um, Imundi project for us. So he approached the owners of the Imperial Hotel and said we wanted to go in – in, in, in joint with a brand, so um, uh, it is heavily supported, um, and there is a, is a joint connection with the owners of the hotel. So it's um, not wholly aligned things. So it's, it's good actually. Um, so That's it's awesome. nice. Yeah, yeah cool. And and are you yourself, are you enjoying you know being really hands on in a small little brewery like that? Yeah, a lot of people said to me when about eighteen months ago when I. Um, like I said, I, I, I um, stepped out from on the desk. They said, "Oh, you know, you're not going to last long." But I just, I just love it. It's just so nice to get on the green platform. And um, we obviously run, well, we run two keepers, obviously, and New Year Monday Lager, which we're sort of struggling to keep up with now, and our little pale lager. We just run our house beers, and um, just for the, the locals up here, and it's um, it's good fun. So I just love being on the tools again, and uh, it's nice to be active and fit and be able to brew again. And um, I'm not bored of it yet. But that way, yeah, yeah, nice, nice. And and what about all the cleaning, or, or do you have people for that now? No, no, I do all the cleaning, um, scrubbing floors today, literally, actually. Um, but no, I still feel kegs and stuff like that. So, and I quite enjoy that. So, um, um, but yeah, I'm a bit of a clean freak. So, um, sometimes I think I make a rod for my own back, you know. So, um, I think people that have been in our little breweries will attest that we spend a lot of time cleaning them and keeping them clean. So, yeah. Very good. No, yeah. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt your episode, but I'm after a little bit of a favour. I need your help to get the Beer Healer interviews into more people's ears. 
And apparently the best way to do that, well, on iTunes at least, is to get the listeners to rate and add comments to the podcast. Apparently there's some kind of algorithm that helps spread the podcast even wider. So if you're on iTunes, please help me out with that. Or if you're on another streaming service, maybe you can do a similar thing on there. Or share my posts on your social media pages. It'll really help me out because I'm loving doing these podcasts and I want to continue doing it for a long time yet. Cheers, guys. I'll let you get back to the podcast. Hey, mate, I've I've got a friend in Hawaii and he owns um, a small brewery called Lanakai Brewing and it's a pretty similar climate uh, to Noosa, I think. And he's he's really keen to use the local environment in his brewery. He's like, you know, the local produce, the water and the yeast that he propagates from, from nearby areas. Now, look, being that you're sort of you have a flexibility to run, you know, small batches at your brewery, do you reckon you could ever do that kind of thing up there? Possibly. Uh, I mean, uh, for us, for Yumundi in particular, it's kind of what oh, I suppose I hate to use the word, but a gateway, gateway, uh, gateway product. We're just sort of just trying to, you know, um, expand people that might not be used to these sorts of beers. But we use yeah. a heap of local ingredients. So Yumundi, for those that don't know, is a massively craft creative town. It's known for it. It's a two pub town. Not many people that live in the town. No, uh, there's no service station, no supermarket or anything. But there's these massive craft markets, um, and um, it's the biggest craft markets in the southern hemisphere, from what I understand. And to go to these markets, you have to make what you sell. So it's not like it's knockoff t-shirts out of you know some third world country. It's um, people just selling stuff that they've made themselves. And so there's this super creative vibe. So a lot of our house beers, um, we've only been going for about a year now. So we're, we're, we're going to step up and try and use a lot of local ingredients because there's a lot of stuff growing up here on the Sunshine Coast. So the one thing that we've been trying to iron out is we've got a um, we've got a pale ale with ginger in it, and it's not a ginger beer. At per se, it's not the the typical sweet, thick, cloying sort of ginger beer. It's actually a pale ale, bright filtered, but with with fresh ginger in it. And we're, we're really working hard to use fresh ginger because we don't want that additive syrupy ginger that you get in there. Yeah. I say most yeah. products. So we, we and uh, the ginger's grown a kilometre away, um, which is pretty cool. And ginger's a bit tricky. Oh, nice. Yeah, ginger's a bit tricky to work with because it's a rhizome. It's covered in bacteria, so it's pain, painful to keep stable. So. We spent about a year trying to iron that out, um, and once we get that, we'll start making a lot more of it, and then we can start looking at some other stuff. But um, a lot of macadamias grown up here, um, um, oh, nice. um, turmeric and stuff like that that we've thought about, and just there's a, there's a heap of stuff. Um, so but some of the other guys up here are doing that. Um, so Maddie up at Bruja has been using all sorts of local ingredients, and um, a few of the other guys, you know, having a play. So it's very yeah, much cool. central to all the brewers up here at the moment. That's good. Yeah, nice, nice. Mate, I remember last time we were at the Malt Shovel Brewery with you, we were talking about um, that place being a real breeding ground for so many brewers working in other breweries across Australia. And I was sort of thinking in my head, look, could you Monday sort of borrow from that and have a bit of an educational focus, being that it's like a smaller capacity and it's quite hands-on? Would would that work with like as a bit of a training ground for some of the brewers going through the line system? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, well, that's in part of the little breweries that we work with now, whilst Alistair at Byron and Andy over in, um, in Bevy are gurus. Um, Ultimately, that's what it would love it to be for, for aspiring brewers. And we, because all these breweries are pretty new, we're trying to set up systems of operations and the standard operating procedures. You know, safety is number one for us, and we've got some really tight safety systems and quality. So when we get them settled down, it would be great to see this stream of brewers come from inside line and outside of line and come in and, and push through them um, as development grounds. And that's how I did with, with Napstein and the other people that went through Nappers after me as well. Um, it was great because you go and stand on your own two feet. You're on your own. You're literally cleaning the floors one minute, doing stop tats and stop stop takes the next, doing all your own quality stuff, doing beer dinners at night, doing your own ordering and inventory and processing invoices and 
Um, although I've got a, a sidekick here in um, at Yamundi, Alan also looks after the charming squad Brubar in Brisbane, so he's out um, a couple of days per week, which leaves me on the tools. So it's with me and my other stuff. It's sort of a one-man brewery, so great um, learning grounds for brewers to go stand on their own two feet and the brewers out there that have done it and even a home brewer will learn and know that you know when you're doing it all yourself you just learn so so much and it's really rewarding good fun oh sounds awesome now, now you are in the heart of mid-strength drinking territory so i'm assuming you money's got a mid-strength offering um and how are the locals taking to something with a little bit more taste in it? and in developing your mid-strength beer did you have to sort of take into account the flavour profiles of, say, Gold and Great Northern when developing those beers? Um, yes and no. It's, it's, I've got a, a different view on it. I mean, you were absolutely in Great Northern and um, Forex Gold Heartland, which is which is fine. I, I have no problems with that, and I respect those drinkers and that sort of stuff. And um, and I don't like seeing them get lambasted a lot, to be honest. It, it's I can't stand it when one person is telling it and having another good person for what they drink. It's their choice. It's all about trying to entice them to something new. So that's why there was a, there was two parts to it with your money lager is one because there was a lager there before um and um and two we wanted to make something new and say hang on we can do this in a, in a different dimension so um our lager obviously um all australian uh, molten hops so we use cascade and ella um and very a lot of late hopping in our in our lager and we we slightly filter it so that it's hazy and not cloudy but not bright either but um We'd only been brewing three months or four months, I think, and we put it in the AIBAs and got a silver, so quite happy with that and fine-tuned it. But we want to yeah, take some of these lager drinkers and saying, hang on, lager can be crafted as well with a little bit more depth in it, um, a little bit more complexity. And the good thing about lagers and having spent so long making Napsine lagers is, is that, um, you know, they can have a hell of a lot of detail, but there's nowhere to hide in them. Um, there's, there's, you know, any any um, problems that you've had in brewing and that sort of stuff, people will see it straight away for those that want to see it. So... Um, that's with our lager, but coming back to your, your comment about the parallel, we do have a parallel here, but um, I and a lot of guys are doing it now. Most of the mid-strength alcohol craft beers I have, you know, tend to be watered down. So we intend today's ours to make ours quite full on the palate. So it's three and a half percent alcohol, but um, it's still it's dry hopped heavily in that particular beers. Um, uh, Enigma Galaxy, uh, more Enigma though. Um, and um, and so we wanted to make it full strength and full on the palate. So because I don't like you know if I want to have a mid strength beer, it doesn't mean I don't want to have something that's just you know watered down low on the body side. So we've got a, what we say is a full strength mid strength beer with mid strength alcohol. So yeah, um, and so that's the climate up here as well. The bit of humidity around and it's stinking hot today. Um, but the other part is is the the pub that where our brewery is based in. Um, you know our our mo was such is is that any of our beers we make have to be able to be consumed sitting in the sun in that beer garden, you know, with friends and have a few of them. So um, that kind of lends itself yeah. to, you know, more approachable styles for us. That's really important. But, um, but yeah. So you were saying before has a really good little community. There's lots of breweries popping up, yeah. up that way. What about the homebrewers? Is there a good homebrew community sort of kicking uh, up I've there? met a few, but not a lot. Um, and what's happened is, is I think – since we started up 18, not even 18 months ago, a year ago, um, I've been to think there's a few more breweries come on. So I think when we got here, we were like ninth or 10th. And um, it was, a, you know, the guys here were just wonderful. We went in and just said, look, we understand, you know, if you have issues with us because we're backed quite heavily by, by Lion. Um, but they just said, no, we don't care. Just let's, you know, um, get a little bit of a get-together happening. And so we catch up regularly. And then now there's, I think there's another three, four breweries opening up here really soon. Um, and so as a group, that collective group of brewers are just trying to work out, you know, how we can make a difference to the people around us and stuff and then we'll, we'll step in to try and engage with the, the home brewers because um the ones i've met have been awesome up here and um just super approachable and um yeah, everybody's engaged and just wants to champion good beer you know and 
you know, and lift the, st- the standard of all beer out there. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. I can't remember. Were you a home brewer originally yourself? No. Um, I fell into a brig brewer as a, a lab technician, actually, um, and oh, then right. studied my IBD stuff. Um, so I kind of fell into it um, back in the late 90s. God, show my age now. Um, so 20, 20 odd years. Yeah, 20 odd years, I think. Um, and then fell into it as a, as a lab technician. Um, and it was a, yeah, I wanted to go back to uni and study. And I just studied through, um, well, I think it was, yeah, it was Lyon and Lyon Nathan in those days. Just said, if you want to study, we'll put you through your IBD. And I did my diploma and got most of my way through my master brewer, but just went in the end and not too bad. So. so it's a fair while. What, what, what keeps you wanting to brew beer after all these years? Um, I really enjoy, oh, look. The sociability of the industry um, and the good people that you meet, it's just, you know, people are, um, you know, and I think it's an exciting time for beer for, for everybody. So it's just been really nice to be amongst it. And for the most part, it's just all positive and, and new things and everybody helps each other out. I mean, and obviously there's, there's you know, a lot going on in the industry now with, with independence and non-independence and that sort of stuff. But um, for the most part, everybody's just, you know, about beer and, and um, about educating that, you know, that 90, well, not educating, but exposing the broad masses to the different options they have when they drink their beer and what options they choose is up to them. But, you know, it's exciting times. Is there someone on your bucket list that you, you want to make a beer with? Oh, um, that's a tough question. It depends on what, you know, at the moment I'm sort of trying to think outside the box with, you know, collaborations, everybody does them. But um, I only had a conversation with the guys I work with today and some of the other brewers. I said I'd love to do one. We haven't done one with each other yet. It was kind of funny. But, um, <laughs> but you know, collaborations can sometimes just be bouncing recipes over the over the, um, over the the internet and saying let's just brew that. I'm not there. But um, something meaningful. I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. I'll see if I, see if I come anything up with it a little bit. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. And have you been uh, back to Malt Shovel lately? Do you, do you miss that place? I do. I was back there recently. And actually, to answer that last question, I'd say Rob Freshwater. Um, so, he, yeah, huh. yeah, he was um, – absolutely had a ball working with him. But, um, yeah, it was nice to walk in there the other day. It's a bit odd. Yeah, I didn't have my own key, though. I was a bit disappointed. So I didn't get a golden key door. But that bar – and I know you had a beer at that bar. And for people that are fortunate enough to have yep. a beer inside those walls, it's a pretty special place. So for those – Guys that don't know, it's um, the six tap bar in the in the malt shovel, um, and it can host a lot of people as well. And it's more or less just an office; it's not open to the public. They've had some open days, and it's just a a place that you can get lost. There's a lot of history inside the walls, again dating back to 88. Those bottles yeah. up behind the bar now. There's so many. Yeah, of them. there's heaps there, and there's um, there's a heap of um, heap of awards there too. So that that brew is just, you know, I was in there that day looking at all the World Beer Cup medals, the golds and bronze and silvers, and I've lost count. Um, and uh, but yeah, there's so many different brews there and um that place they've got again more plans to do lots more limited releases and turn that um turn that you know turn that sort of dial up a bit um so it's just yeah. a good fun place i think yeah. yeah and and i'm assuming that obviously you've got the the new relationship with uh, with the brooklyn brewery uh coming yep. online I'm, I'm assuming that Brooklyn beers will be brewed out of Mulch. Uh, no, Geelong. Um, I think a lot of creatures have picked that oh, up. Geelong, um, okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't think that's. Yep. Um, and um, so yeah, in the the, the malt travel part business, so we've got Pan here that fits into our little family as well, and all the other little bits and pieces. So ah, yep. Um, yep. yeah, the Brooklyn thing's just happening now. I don't know when that'll all happen, but um, that'll be in our little family of little, um, you know, our yeah. little sales team. I will be able to sell, which is good. So yeah. Nice. That that Brooklyn Lager has always been a love of mine, and when I see that baby on tap, I'm ordering a pint. Just love it. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's a it's a classic, and they've got some really um different stuff as well. So it was really nice. I caught up, managed. I was fortunate enough um to have a few beers with Miro, uh, not too long ago. So um, oh, yes. great to have him, yep. and I, I think he's landed, and he's quite happy to be um in the family as well, which is good. So, yeah. 
Yeah, nice. And of course, shout out to Alex Merry, who's taking over that brand. Yes, yeah. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, was, I was talking to her this week, and uh, we're going to try and organise a bit of a uh, a Brooklyn brewery visit when I'm over in New York, which will be pretty cool. Oh, that's good. Yeah, no, she's um got a got a big heart, that girl. And I, I had the fortune of working with her with Squires, so um yeah, from the the brand side, and um yeah, she she loves beer, and a lot of people. I think another marker doesn't know anything about beer, but um, she's very, very well educated and well versed. Yeah, and you know that as much yeah. as I do. Yeah. yeah. And and never afraid to call out a uh, an idiot blogger who uh, maybe says the wrong thing on occasion. So yeah, she'll she'll tell you if you um yeah she, she say, if you say something she disagrees with that, that's what's good about working with us. You know exactly where you stand. So yeah, no, definitely. So mate, twenty odd years in the game. What do you reckon are the biggest changes that you've seen in your time? So when was it? Was it ninety eight that I kicked in? And I was thinking about this the other day. Um, and I suppose I've heard the term thrown around before. Is um. I think let's say 1998 BC, so it was before craft. But for me, it was also before 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 children, yeah. um, which is very different for me. But um, obviously, the growth is just phenomenal. But the, the um, and I remember, you know, I grew up in WA and in Freo, and um, studied my IVD stuff with you know Aaron here from Gage Roads, and you know um, Brendan was just doing his awesome things over there with um, Feral and stuff. It was a growing scene, and there was a few of us that kick around and pretty tight. Um, but nowadays it's just there's so many more people at the party and it's just so, so good to see and, and the vibe for the most part is, is really good and really strong. So um, the dimensions, I suppose the layers that it stepped into as well in the industry, there's a lot more complexity about it now, which is, um, you know, which is in its beauty, so it's good. So when I talk to brewers, especially someone such as yourself who's, yeah, brewed in multiple locations, and I say to them, you know, what, what beer that you've brewed do you think you're the proudest of? It must be a difficult question, but... I'm going to put it out there for you. Uh, the beer that I'm most proud of, you think? Is yeah. That, yeah, I'd, I'd love Napstein. Napstein Enterprise Reserve Lager. Oh, yeah. um, it's um, obviously no longer around anymore, but for yeah. me that was, you know, stepping out of a big brewery and everybody said, why do you want to go work in a little brewery? You know, everybody I work with in a big one, and I don't think they got it. Um, um, it was just that beer ethos. Why do you want to go and slave over, you know, because I was a team leader in one of the big breweries I'd worked in brewing and in packaging, running teams. Um, but just loved it, and that beer was just a phenomenal beer, and it was so simple, um, and just such a good beer. And so, those for those that didn't don't know the beer, describe like the style and everything of it. Um, oh, it was a lager, um, pretty ballsy lager, five point six percent alcohol. Um, but it was one of the first, if not the first, beers in Oz to use Nelson Savin. Um, and I'd oh, yeah. say that the Savin that we were packing in around those days was just top notch. You know, um, it was just really good stuff. Um, there was something else in there as well. And so a lot of people tried to emulate it. Savin, I think if you use it too heavy, it gets too. Oh, I call it bummy. Um, so Savin's a delicate one. If you use it at that right, that magical sweet spot, it's it's got this stunning and unique complexity. Um, so it was good. It, nice. How many IBUs do you reckon that was? Uh, Thirty six was target spec from memory. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, so it won a bronze at the World Beer Cup um, in in the I think European you know international lager category, and it won a trophy at the AIBAs, and it just won gold up, you know. Um, so it was, I love that beer, and the unique thing for me as a brewer, and this is I suppose brewers will relate to this. I worked there for um, several years, but that beer got so popular so quick, we never actually made another product, and so as a brewer there, I made the one one beer um, for several years, back to back to back, and, and so. Uh, it was an interesting <laughs> learning curve. If you're making the same thing, you know, I got to know every corner and, and nick of that particular beer and um, um, a little bit one-dimensional and maybe as a brewer, but made a lot of other beers since then, but um, knew it inside out and I just loved it. Um, 
Yeah, still do. Um, and I don't think um, – I actually did a seasonal beer at your Monday and I tried to turn it into a Schwartz beer, but I used the same kind of, kind of hopping and just backed off the roast as if I could do a dark version of it. Um, but, you know, it wasn't even close. It was, good. it was okay beer, but, you know, just having to play with the old recipe in the back of the head, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that beer early on in, in my days at Lyon and um, I remember that, that, you know, before I sort of started to explore, you know, more flavours and beers, that was always quite challenging to start yeah, with. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was quite but, a hobby, uh, yeah, yeah. Is there a beer that you've always wanted to brew but you've never had the guts to do it or is there something still on your list of, of ones you want to um, brew? Oh, yes and no. Um, I'd love to make a really good West Coast IPA. Um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I just love them. That's my that's, That makes my knees wobble a little bit and I've got a lot of family in the US. So I spend <laughs> time up there. I haven't had a lot of time to get deep into the US industry when I have been there, but um, I've always just a sucker for a good beer for me. Sometimes when you can taste it, you think it's amazing, then you just you forget about it and just enjoy it without having to think about it. You might sound a bit wanky, but you kind of feel it a bit. So, and La Juanita's IPA is always yeah. something I just just go for. And I've up in the US, yep. never had a um, never had a bad one. And I think um, Great Northern in Melbourne for good beer working a couple of times got some fresh stuff over, and I made sure I was there for it. It was yes. phenomenal. So it's not an overly complex beer, but I just love it. It's just straight and that sort of stuff. So one of those real straight up West Coast uncomplicated IPAs, just bursting with, with fresh New World hops. Yeah, it makes my knees tremble. What what hops do you reckon you'd put in it? Oh, uh, depends what I can get my hand on. So sometimes um, I wave the magic lime wand and get some good hops, but um, you'd have to mix it up a bit, I think. Yeah. So I don't know. I wouldn't hazard it. Yeah, it'd be hard to hazard a guess because I wouldn't want to send it too tropical. So, you know, I'd look at citra and light end, bit of tiny bit of mosaic. Um Something grassy to yep. soften it a bit, but yeah, don't know. I haven't really thought about it. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, hopefully, hopefully someday, uh, you Monday will put out a limited release uh, yeah, West Coast well, we IPA. Crack. Alan and I made one. It wasn't that wasn't the mo. We just listed all our favourite ingredients and tried to make a beer, and it was a, it was a, an IPA, but um, it, it was okay. But you know. We will change it next time we do another limited release IPA. Yeah. So, so back on on your Monday. Um, what can drinkers expect from you guys in the next twelve months? And will you be making a uh, a Gabs beer? Perhaps seems like it might be a perfect size kit for that sort of thing. I'm not sure if we're doing Gabs. Um, I, I don't know. Um, um, what's next year? So, their lager is has got real big growth on it at the moment. Um, um, seeing contraction and we can't keep up with production, so it's how we work out how we work out how we make more. So I'd be going tapping my old mate um, Freshy or Hayden Morgan at Malt Travels if they can make some for us. Um, yep. Our paler, and because of that, we are we are capped at the moment. So we're only mainly just pushing our lager. Our paler is out in a few select places, and so we'll probably let that loose next year. Um, and then this ginger paler, and I'm not a huge fan of ginger, but um, this beer is just different. So. Um, so that's probably what we'll do. And then we're going to wind up with limited releases um, and collabs and that sort of stuff that you were talking about. So I'm yep. um, trying to step out a bit and have a bit more a bit more fun with it. It's only been 18 months and we've just been just, um, you know, make, 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 just kept us busy. Um, but it allowed us to yep. iron out a brewery um, and all of our systems and that sort of stuff. We've got really good – it's really set up to, to run itself now. So we've got all the, all the safety stuff buttoned down and procedures and – Everything's running well and, yeah, it's good. Sounds good. I'm tipping it'll be a while before any uh, Umundi cans appear in uh, fridges in Tasmania. Um, no, well, I feel quite guilty. I haven't sent you any. I haven't sent anybody, to be honest. Um, so, no, there'll be some soon, Matt. I'll, I'll, yeah, now it's public. I, I have to commit. So, no, I'll get you some, mate. Yeah. interested to get your honest opinion on it. Yeah. Oh, mate, I'm always happy to give an honest opinion. Right. I was going to say it's always... 
not always an educated opinion, but I'm happy to give one. Oh, no, no, it is educated, mate. It's your mouth and uh, that's just with anybody that likes beer, mate. Whatever they like is what they like. So, um, yeah, and what they know. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. Now, mate, um, on, on these podcasts, I try to stick to the 30-minute 30, 30 time time session, even though I'd love to keep talking for a lot longer. I'm hoping you might be up for the uh, the fast five questions. Do you think you can handle that? Absolutely, mate. Five questions in 90 seconds. Chris Sheen, your time starts now. Has beer ever led you astray, and can you tell me about it? Uh, yes, it has. Um, maybe not so much beer, but ethanol. And when you make ethanol for a living, that's why I've got four kids. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's great. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of proud of them. But yes. <laughs> nice. What's the? Uh, who's the most famous person you've ever shared a beer with? Oh, I'll say Freshy. <laughs> No, um, I'd have to think about that. Oh, there were some politicians recently, but I'd rather not share that. Um, yeah, yeah, recently, <laughs> Mr. Barnaby Joyce, maybe, but anyway. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, what has beer done for you that nothing else has in your life? Oh, um, uh, it has motivated to learn something I love. So when you get that magical point where there's something you're really passionate about, and brewers will understand this, and home brewers, um, and then you turn around and you look at what you've learned in terms of chemistry and that sort of stuff. So it's made me really, really enjoy some real sciencey sort of stuff. Really enjoy it. Yeah, to love it. Yeah. Oh, nice. What is what is the best beer experience you've ever enjoyed? Um, oh, it comes back to um, that beer I think about four La Juanita's IPA. So I love music, and those that know me know that. And I've seen my favourite band of all time in LA a couple of years ago, Bank of No More. And a lady, a lady came up, and, and I was standing in between Chris Cornell um, and Jonathan Davis. Um, from Corn. Yeah, from Corn and Chris Cornell from Sanger. Yeah. I was standing in between them, and a lady came up and said, would you like the beers here? And I said, yes, what do you got? And she said, what do you want? I said, an IPA. And she said, local or not local or outside. And I said, oh... You got low and Yep. And um, she said, "How?" She said, "22 ounce, okay." And so, absolutely. And then, within two minutes, this beer came over my shoulder, and I, I just gave her twenty <laughs> bucks and just said, "Go on." I just stood there and went, "How's that? It's amazing." Beer service, not quite in a mosh pit, but um, seeing my favourite band, and that was um, yeah, that was a moment. Yeah. That is that is pretty cool, actually. That's pretty cool. And what's the uh, the most important thing you've learned in your craft beer journey? Um, to be friendly. Yeah, so um, just the, the friends and that sort of stuff and the, the relationships and the friends you, that you make in the industry and they're professional friends and it's just so rewarding um, to share and learn off other people. So it's just – Seems to be a very common theme. Yeah, it is. Um, talk, talking to you guys. Yeah, there yeah. are some dickheads around um, and hopefully people don't describe me like that, but maybe they do. But, um, <laughs> I don't yeah, think so, mate. <laughs> don't know. Um, but, no, it is. It's just um, treating other people the way you want to be treated and as somebody that works for Lion, you know, um, sometimes you get bumpy responses from people, but um, – it's just really nice when people make you feel welcome and just remember and recognise you as a brewer. So, yeah, that works for somebody. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's good, mate. That's good. And the sixth question in the Fast Five now is, uh, do you know Chris Hemsworth and can you help me get him on the podcast? Um, I know the team at Byron have some connections there, but oh, a long shot. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. No, I know. Yeah, I'm just. I'm look. I'm thinking that if I can build some groundswell through every single interview that I do, maybe one day he'll he'll come on because I want to get someone who is a celebrity who likes craft beer to be able, be able to help build the industry. Because so I think we could do with a bit of a kick along from, yeah, somebody with a with a large profile that's not a politician. Well, I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah, that's respected. Yeah, well, there you go. You have to throw it out to the Stone and Wood guys or the guys at Byron Bay. Yeah, I've, I've spoken to Ross Jurisic. He he's he's at. Seen him on a few occasions at Stone and Wood and the Bolter Boys and whatever. Maybe one day. 
Maybe one day. Yeah, keep going. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, mate, thank you very much for joining me tonight, um, taking the time to have a chat with me. Um, it's great to sort of uh, – have a chat and, and get a bit of an insight into um, what what you guys are up to in, at Lion, and uh, you know, sort of uh, dispel a few of the myths and the rumours of what goes on because it's um it's an interesting thing. You're a passionate man and and you're a bloody great brewer, so uh, it's uh, it's great to have a chat with you, mate. Absolutely, mate. I'm just a brewer that works for somebody like a lot of other brewers in the industry, so um it's nice to be able to talk to you and um. Yeah, if there's any homebrews in the area and that sort of stuff, yeah. stick your nose into the brewery and say good day. Always a pleasure, legend. Cool. Thank you, mate. Cheers to great beers. Absolutely. Cheers. Good on you. Thanks, mate. Thanks for tuning in to another Beer Healer interview. I really hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as I did. If you want to follow along with more Beer Healer content, you can check out my Facebook, YouTube and Instagram pages. Just search Beer Healer or you can visit beerhealer.com. If you like the podcast, can you please help me spread the word by subscribing and rating it and sharing it with your beer-loving friends.